0: It's Tennessee Titans Talk, and yes, our beloved Titans are on to their offseason. We're feeling better about things, I guess. I know we're still hearing a lot about fourth down decisions and and all that in Nashville. We're ready to dust ourselves off and talk about the very interesting NFL coaching carousel. So, of course, I'm Nathan, uh, the host of Tennessee Titans Talk, and I've brought back Landon because you just have to have a guy like Landon to talk about firings and hirings and Landon's with me today and one of our favorite guests Richard Holdridge is with us we're going to talk a little NFL coaching carousel and then um, if we can we're going to talk about these games coming up this weekend.
1: Sands of time have helped me get over the depression of Sunday at the very least Hopefully Browns, Bills, and Bucks all win this weekend so we can have New Blood in the Super Bowl. It'll be fun just to root for teams in the last 20 years that have suddenly become relevant.
0: Every year we've uh, got seven, eight, nine openings. It's just a really high-pressure job. These guys get fired, NFL head coaches. The way we're going to do it today, if you were the decision maker, regardless of who they've interviewed, if it were you, who would you hire? So we'll start, guys. First team up, the Atlanta Falcons. They have interviewed Eric Bieniemy, Todd Bowles, Joe Brady, Nathaniel Hackett, Raheem Morris, Robert Salah, Arthur Smith. Now, regardless of that list, you're running the Falcons. Who's your next head coach?
1: I do like going with the defensive slant because their offense, even if it has a bunch of aging stars, it's still probably a top 10 offense. I would go with Matt Eberflus, the Colts defensive coordinator. He's younger than Todd Bowles. He's accomplished more with less than Bowles has in Indy compared to Tampa Bay, which has a completely stacked defense. And to me, I think Eberflus can take a defense that has a few pieces here and there, but is overall lacking. Add that to the draft. You can make a passable defense. You've got a great offense you can get back into wildcard contention.
0: Now, Everflus is a really good pick. He's not a household name. He's a 50-year-old Ohio native, has a long history. Started at Toledo in 92 as a student assistant coach, worked his way up. He's been a defensive coordinator a long time, since he was University of Missouri's defensive coordinator from 2001 to 2008. He worked for the Browns, Cowboys as linebacker coach. And weirdly, what's he linebackers? Coach and passing game coordinator in 2016-17. He has had some weird crossover stuff. And then for the last three years, he's been successfully the defensive coordinator for the Colts. That is not an obvious pick, but you're hearing that name a lot. So that's a really good one. Rich, I, I know you live in this area. You probably got your finger on the pulse a little
2: bit. But if it were you. Carolina Panthers offensive coordinator Joe Brady. And here is why. The Atlanta Falcons need a complete makeover and a culture shift. They have been known for blowing leads in the fourth quarter. We all know about 28-3. to And Dan Quinn, I'm not saying that he was a bad head coach. He just couldn't get it out of his way. And I feel that the Falcons... You get the next up-and-coming guy. The Rams did this a couple years ago with Sean McVay. Joe Brady's only 31 years old, but look at what he did as the passing game coordinator at LSU. Historic numbers with Joe Burrow. They won the national championship. His first year as offensive coordinator. Carolina has shown some dynamic plays. I know that Christian McCaffrey hasn't played all season, and Teddy Bridgewater has struggled, but I feel that the Atlanta Falcons just need to go in a different direction and get the hot up-and-coming coach that could be a star in this league for years you know, to come. I love the
0: idea of Atlanta taking a big swing. Like you said, just to maybe get out from under, they're still under the shadow of being up 24-3 to in the third quarter in the Super Bowl. Now, he is the biggest boomer bust guy, I think, just by, because he's 31 years old. And from everything I've read, I think the kind of the consensus on him when people have gotten him in a room is – He's green. I mean, he's 31. Richie's almost 10 years younger than we are. That's staggering to think about a guy like that being, you know, given the keys to, to an NFL franchise. But, but everybody that gets in the room says he's green, but he is just a prodigious offensive mind. I like that gamble. I do think he's going to get one of these coaching opportunities, 31 years older and all. We've read a lot this week. This guy five years ago was a graduate assistant at Penn State. I mean, that is a long way to come in five years. Uh, we have seen the league value these offensive minds, and give opportunities to guys in their early, mid-30s. And it has, for the most part, last three or four years, more or less worked out. Our guys. next, a, a team that I think most NFL fans kind of have a soft spot for. They have excellent fans, but they have not had a successful team in a long time. A lot of these teams seem to be looking for a coach every two or three years. I bet both of you have a head coach that could change the culture and kind of move them forward. The detroit lions they have interviewed or will Dara bevel their interim coach eric Bieniemy, of course offensive coordinator of the chiefs todd bowles uh, of course the former jess colts and current buccaneers coordinator dan campbell who is as we know of his great half season or so run with the Dolphins several years ago. He's currently Saints assistant head coach and tight ends coach Marvin Lewis. We all know Marvin Lewis uh, from his time with the Bengals. Robert Salah, the 49ers defensive coordinator, and Arthur Smith, the Tennessee Titans office coordinator, who interestingly enough has been requested and will interview for every one of these openings, which is I think a sign of his demand. Now we've all heard that Robert Salah, who is a native of Michigan, is, is a really solid candidate. We've seen where the legislature in, in Michigan, the state legislature, has uh, encouraged the team to hire Robert Salah. He is a minority candidate. He has six children, and, well, this guy's busy if he gets an NFL head coaching job. That's kind of the presumptive favorite, but they're interviewing a lot of folks. We'll start with you, Landon.
1: I also had Salah to the Lions. Their defense is probably the worst ever in the 16-game season. They give the most touchdowns ever, 68. So they were pretty much starting in a 28-point hole before the game even started. Their defense, despite having some talent, was terrible, like I said. Their leadership, when they fired Jim Caldwell and got out of the mediocre window and into the garbage window for just a poor ownership group overall, I think he can transform that defense, make it passable, and really just change the culture. This year, in a lost year for the 49ers, injuries up and down the board, Stars dropping left and right. The 49ers were still top eight in passing yards per attempt allowed, rushing yards per attempt allowed, and points per drive allowed. So even in the worst possible situation, he kept his players motivated, involved, kept the culture up, and still had a pretty good defense. Well,
0: he seems like the guy to beat, but you never know. They've interviewed everybody. Rich, where would
2: you go for the Lions? I would also go on defense, but I would select Los Angeles Rams defensive coordinator Brandon Staley. And here's why. He's 38 years old. He is also an up-and-coming star as he has led that Rams defense into the second round of the playoffs. I know that the Rams have talent on defense with Jalen Ramsey and Aaron Donald, but Brandon Staley, he's a disciple of Sean McVay. He is in that coaching carousel, and I think that the Lions just need to go get somebody on the defensive side because the offensive side of the football is already set with Matthew Stafford and wide receiver Kenny Galladay and running back DeAndre Swift. And on another note, I actually would go hire former Jets coach, Adam Gase as the offensive okay, so, coordinator. Uh, there's
0: a lot, of, a lot of negativity around Adam Gase, of course. I, I'm with you. I, I think the guy would make a really good quarterback as coach, offensive coordinator. I don't know if he'll get another opportunity opportunity to be head coach anytime soon, but that team did play hard, as bad as they were, and I think we will see him calling plays next season uh, if he wants to. All right, guys, let's go Houston Texans. A lot of people just sort of penciled in Eric Bieniemy for this job, but they didn't request an interview for him for a long time. We'll start with you, Landon. Who's the best higher for the Texans.
1: Well, with the recent news that there's been a bit of an uprising within the locker room and the organization at several of the moves over the past couple of years, I think guys like Ben and Me, Dable, Arthur Smith, they're going to stay away. Deshaun Watson is kind of forcing a trade, or at least saying he'd be happy to be traded out of there. And if Watson's gone, that's the worst team in the NFL. There's really nothing no going There's no way they're trading
0: it. him. I, I think the person they hire is going to assume they're going to coach Watson, but I think they are going to have to and they, I think they've committed to, I think, communicating with him more.
1: Yes, but under the assumption that mm-hmm. the organization is dysfunctional, the talent is unproven, I ended up with Raheem Morris, the Falcons interim head coach. He took over for a team that looked like he was tanking, that was bottom five, with a terrible defense. He made the defense above average. The culture changed. Things seemed to click. Revitalize the Texans. Just give it a soft reset. You don't have to tear everything down, but solid all-around coach a safe hire
0: i like the as a head coaching candidate but i do think the lack of play calling hurts him i love the idea of raheem morris here for a lot of reasons Uh, rich where do you go for for houston they've interviewed the joe brady caldwell david coley who is the ravens assistant head coach and wide receiver coach leslie frazier former head coach in this league Tim Kelly, who is a Texans offensive coordinator currently, and they've interviewed Marvin Lewis.
2: I'm going to go with a very underrated coach, Jim Caldwell. He coached the Indianapolis Colts and the Detroit Lions. He led the Indianapolis Colts to a Super Bowl appearance. He's had a 62-50 and 50 record. He only had two losing seasons. He actually had two playoff appearances with the Detroit Lions, and he, he just changes the culture. I think that if Jim Caldwell gets in there, I know he's 65 years old, but he is a proven head coach leading a team to the Super Bowl. Sure, you could say he took the Colts, who were 14 and 2, he took Tony well, Dungy's team to the Super Bowl, a leader of men. And that is important if you want to change the culture in Houston, because right now it's in a disarray with the GM, Deshaun Watson, once out.
0: Someone Deshaun Watson will be excited about and would do the tough job. It's time for Houston to make a minority hire, and they've got several good options here, and I think the top two are probably the two guys you mentioned, Jim Caldwell, Raheem Morris. So if Houston is smart and Landon has mentioned they haven't been lately, I think they take either one of you guys' advice. Jacksonville Jaguars are next. They have only interviewed four guys, Eric Bieniemy, Urban Meyer, who we all know, Raheem Morris, and Robert Salah, who we've already mentioned. Urban Meyer seems like who they're – gonna hire but they haven't hired him yet so you never know fellas if you're the Jacksonville Jaguars you've got the number one pick you are one in 15 this season but there is talent on that team any Titans fan knows that there's five or six guys that have future probable I think talent a lot of guys on defense especially
1: they'll be stealing our guy Arthur Smith literally the only thing he's done wrong in the one and a half years with Tannehill or an actual offense under his helm is He was distracted on Sunday, and he called a lackluster game. Outside of that, we've been a top three offense down the stretch, best in terms of points per play. He's made it happen in a variety of ways. He's used four different tight ends, all to each of their abilities. He's incorporated rookie wide receivers. He's used established veterans. He's relied on a heavy run game. He's used a mobile quarterback. He's adaptable. He's able to use his talent and not have to adjust the talent around his play calling. With Trevor Lawrence, another first-round pick, two seconds, and a ton of cap room, and like you said, with some proven offensive weapons already, he'll be like a kid in a candy store. He's going to get his quarterback. He's going to get an offensive line upgrade or two, maybe another offensive yeah, weapon. I think he'd be a good He's just going to get to do and whatever it, he wants. I
0: think just the way people think of Jacksonville, it's not high, but there's potential there for sure. They've just done like a lot of teams on this list. They've not capitalized on their opportunities for a while
2: now. I think the Jacksonville Jaguars will hire Urban Meyer, and here's why. Back in 2005, Nick Saban left LSU to coach the Miami Dolphins, but he did not get the quarterback right. Urban Meyer is going into a situation where he is going to get the quarterback right because the Jaguars are going to select Trevor Lawrence, the most surefire pick, the biggest prospect to come out of the draft since John Elway. If you get the quarterback right, everything else will fall into place. Remember, the Jaguars were in the AFC Championship game three years ago there's still players that are on that team nicknamed Saxonville. So you're going to get the defense right. I think Josh Allen is a great defender, and I think that Urban Meyer is the pick right here. You don't get an Urban Meyer leaving retirement to go into the NFL. He is, in my opinion, the second best, greatest head coach of all time in college football, and he can make that transition into the NFL. I believe the Jaguars will get Urban Meyer
0: I think uh, a national perception is this is kind of a cherry job. Uh, Obviously, it's out in Los Angeles. And Justin Herbert, I think, is the prize of all these teams. I know I know. Trevor Lawrence uh, has a lot of expectations. Uh, for me, uh, Herbert, we saw him do it uh, at the NFL level. But that being said, guys, uh, the Chargers have never really put it together consistently. They've had some good teams, and I think it goes back to their long-term ownership. They just seem one of those teams that kind of get in their way and don't sustain success. I, I don't know. I feel kind of both ways about this job. But for you, Landon, if you're running the Chargers – Who's your next head coach? I would
1: go with Joe Brady. Like we talked about earlier, he was able to take a Panthers offense and make it pretty good even when they're missing their one star. He made Teddy Bridgewater look pretty good. He's going to have the best asset in the NFL in a young Justin Herbert. They're going to beef up the offensive line. They've got enough weapons. I do think he's going to hit even if he hasn't really been proven as a leader outside of calling plays on the offensive side. He will hit. And with Brady and Herbert, that's the biggest power couple the NFL might have seen in recent years. A super young superstar quarterback and, say, Rich, and a young that offensive genius. sounds
0: like it would be fruitful and uh, would be exciting. Out in L.A. with just lots of clay to work with there with Herbert.
2: The Chargers should go get Kansas City Chiefs offensive coordinator Eric Bieniemy. He knows the division. He already has the pieces in place. And I know he didn't call plays, but he is one of those coaches that is going to get his players to play for him. We're in a lot of close games last year. Head coach Anthony Lynn was not the answer, but they have a star in Justin Herbert. He threw for 31 touchdowns, only 10 interceptions. If they get the head coach right, they already got the quarterback in place. Remember, safety Derwin James comes back on the defense, and they also have a ferocious pass rusher, Joey Bosa. This Los Angeles Chargers team is very talented, and they got to get the safe pick. Eric Biennamy is the hot coordinator that's coming in. A lot of teams want him but I just think because he knows the division already, I mean, you're going to have to face Patrick Mahomes and Andy Reid twice a year, so why not have some familiarity and get a coach that knows the division?
0: J-E-T-S, Jets, 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 guys. Uh, This team is better and more talented than they looked this year. They continue to play hard. Yes, they got a ways to go, and they're the Jets, so they're a mess, but I think this job is sort of overlooked. There's some some intriguing talent. I like I like Beckton, the young left tackle, and I certainly like some pieces on their defensive line. They've got a really good safety, but they have to make a decision at quarterback. They have the the second pick in this draft.
1: I would take Brian Dable, the Bills' offensive coordinator. I think Joe Douglas has been and will continue to be a good general manager and start fixing a broken down roster. And with Dable, he's going to get whatever quarterback he wants. We've already seen him work with Josh Allen, transform him from an incredibly raw talent to a top five quarterback, maybe even top three. He wants to fix Sam Donald, you'll let him do it. He wants Justin Fields, you'll take him at two. If he wants Zach Wilson, you take him at two. He's going to have complete freedom over the offense and the quarterback of the future. They have some talent. The defense, which won't be his repertoire, will still improve now that they're not, openly tanking and it's pretty much just i think he's maybe the best offensive mind on the market and he's going to want to go to a place where he has complete freedom to do whatever he wants coaching
0: candidate so for me guys brian Dable is the top coach in in this year's uh uh, this guy has been in the nfl since 2000 except for when he was successfully alabama's uh, offensive coordinator for a couple of years in 17 and 18 guys this guy's resume is terrific he's 45 years old Uh, Born in Canada, graduated from University of Rochester. This guy has coached with and for everybody. Michigan State, for the Patriots. Uh, This guy has successfully coached for the Chiefs as offensive coordinator in 2012. And at Alabama, of course, really successful. But his most impressive, and the reason why he's the top candidate, uh, in my mind this year, is the last three seasons Uh, and what he's been able to do with Josh Allen, the guy I wasn't crazy about. You don't see guys get more accurate, and he has done amazing stuff. And if you watch them play, the play calling is sound. He is going to be, I think, the top pick. And here he is, uh, Landon says, uh, going to the Jets, maybe to have control maybe to have a bigger say, but I could see him, you know, myself and maybe with the Chargers, or or maybe what we perceive as a better opportunity.
2: The Jets are going to get 49ers defensive coordinator Robert Sala. He's going to take some of his assistance with him from that Kyle Shanahan tree. They already have a great general manager in Joe Douglas. They're going to have some draft picks from the Jamal Adams trade from Seattle, so the future looks bright. They got the number two pick. They're going to draft Justin Fields. They could ship Sam Darnold away for more draft picks, revolve that offense around Justin Fields. Their offensive coordinator is going to be the passing coordinator for the 49ers, Mike LaFleur, and he is going to be creative with the passing with Justin Fields. And I think the Jets just need to change their culture. I know the last couple of hires, they snatched Adam Gase from the Miami Dolphins because he was a great offensive mind, and it just didn't work out. He didn't get along with Sam Darnold. Before that, they've had... Todd Bowles, they've had Rex Ryan. So they're used to having that rah rah guy that's a player's coach. Robert Sala is part of that, but he's also got a brilliant mind just working with the 49ers and what he did. You look at all the injuries the 49ers had, losing Nick Bosa, Richard Sherman, D. Ford. They traded away Quan Alexander. And yet Robert Sala was still able to produce a top five defense, which is incredible with all the injuries they had to overcome. I think he is going to be a great candidate, and he is the hot coordinator coming out as well. And I think it would be a great fit for him to coach the Jets.
0: Um, I didn't really think of him there, but that would be a really good fit. I just think we all kind of have in our mind that he'll go to Detroit, but uh, he may like this opportunity uh, better. I do think we were talking about Dayball. Salah has – as good of a resume, and he's about 45 years old. He's he's ready, and, you know, along with Arthur Smith, who I think has proven a lot in the development of our offense, those guys are all going to get jobs. They're interviewing basically everywhere. It would be really interesting to see where they land. Speaking of interesting, the always interesting Philadelphia Eagles, last one on our list today. Where do these guys go, Landon? Uh, so much has happened. Uh, there's so much in flux, so many decisions to be made of a surprise for some that that doug peterson wasn't brought back but uh where do they go from here
1: they'll take bucks defensive coordinator and former jets head coach todd Bowles. he had some solid jets teams but he can never make the playoffs and in tampa bay under bruce arians where he only has to worry about the defense he's created a top 10 unit his main failing in new york was that he could never find the quarterback well in philly he's got two to pick from at the very least he's a stabilizing force. He can keep the defense to where it was, a sack-generating machine, fix the secondary some, and they'll figure out the quarterback situation, which in all likelihood means trading away Carson Wentz. That was really the main root of their offensive problems. Wentz is just not the same guy he was a few years ago, and Peterson's play calling he suffered because,
0: because of yeah, it. It looks more impressive now, these seven or nine seasons, because they really didn't have much. I have a high opinion of, of him as coach, for sure. Rich, where do you think the, the Eagles go here?
2: Current Oklahoma Sooners head coach, Lincoln Riley. And here's why. Because this Eagles job is tough. The expectations are way too high. You've got a statue of uh, Doug Peterson out there three years ago, and now he's out of a job. He had one losing season, and he's gone. Before him, Chip Kelly had one losing season. And then Andy Reid had one losing season. So the lot of pressure on an Eagles head coach. I think Lincoln Riley is ready to make the jump into the NFL. You look at what he does with quarterbacks. He has produced two straight Heisman Trophy quarterbacks and then a Heisman runner-up in Jalen Hurts. Like I said before, he had Baker Mayfield, he had Kyler Murray, and then Jalen Hurts, and now Spencer Rattler. And then he is going to develop. He has familiarity with Jalen Hurts, and if Carson Wentz comes back, you know they they put a lot of money to Carson Wentz's contract. You got to think that Carson Wentz is going to come back with Jalen Hurts as the backup. That's not a bad deal. A good one-two punch in case you need Jalen Hurts for any wildcat or bringing him in on just any gimmick plays. But I think that the Eagles are just in bad shape. It just didn't look well in the locker room with Doug Peterson and the way they gave up that game against the Washington football team on Sunday night. Are you tanking? Are you trying to play your third string? And that didn't sit well with the owner. So you've got to look at the situation and think, do I really want to go into a situation where I have a short leash because one losing season and you could be out of a job?
0: to leave Oklahoma is the question. And I think it's annually going to be the question until he does. As far as Hurts in a backup role, I think if that were to happen, I, I think they might just roll with Hurts. But uh, I would keep an open mind about Wentz in Philly. I think a lot of fans already just kind of have him somewhere else. But uh, we'll have to see who this next coach is. Uh, it's going to be super interesting. All right, guys, uh, all this makes me think so much has been talked about Trevor Lawrence and he's the next sister that. I've watched a lot of tape on Lawrence, a lot of these games. Uh, he has a lot to work with. I don't know if he has the maybe the arm talent that some of, some of these guys, big-time guys coming out, have had in recent years. Uh, and it makes me think about you know, like projection over what we've already seen. But and we'll start with you, Rich. Just straight up, for your team moving forward, would you rather really have Trevor Lawrence or Justin Herbert?
2: I would rather have Trevor Lawrence because I know what I'm getting out of Trevor Lawrence. As a freshman, he led Clemson to a national championship game and dismantled Alabama. He was able to play in big games. He almost he had a very good game last year against LSU and probably would have won a second national title. And I know in his third season it is it's tough and he was out because of COVID. But you look at his second year, he would have been the number one draft pick last season. He has got all the skills of a quarterback. He is a surefire prospect. I like Justin Herbert. I think that he's done great. Set the rookie record for touchdown passes with 31. I would have liked to see him in a better situation. He only had one bad game. He had a quarterback ready to 45 against Bill Belichick and the New England Patriots and got drubbed 45 to nothing other than that he's a good pick it's just if you're picking between the next best prospect since john elway and justin herbert that is tough nathan i I tell you i'm gonna go with trevor lawrence but it is really close
1: Ooh, i would have to go the opposite just seeing what herbert did in what i'd say was almost a terrible situation the chargers offensive line their pass block win rate was about 45 percent which is easily the worst in the nfl perspective league average was 60 65 so over half the time he can't even get a clean drop back his best offensive weapons missed time austin eckler barely played this year the defense was banged up and physically he's 90 percent of what trevor lawrence is i think he's got better zip on shorter throws he's not as athletic running he's not as big but he's still pretty thick really the only difference was at oregon in his final year their play calling was so conservative and so boring that It minimized a lot of Herbert's talents, and he had some footwork issues, but he fixed those. And I would just take the known commodity. Herbert is already a top 10 quarterback with a poor cast around him. He succeeded even in a year where offensive statistics are slanted towards being easier than normal. And to me, it's just Lawrence isn't giving me that much more from a fiscal standpoint. I just know Herbert is going to be a top 10 guy for the next decade at least
0: games. Uh, I'm super pumped for every one of these matchups. Uh, I think we have a potential for some close games. Starting Saturday, 335 Central. Rams at Packers. Uh, Packers are six and a half point favorites. It's going to be about 34 degrees at uh, kickoff, so maybe a little warmer than, uh, than usual this time of year. But LA, who just dominated on the defensive line against uh, Seattle, in Seattle last week, just really roughed up Russell Wilson. I couldn't believe in that two-minute drill. Sacked him twice with Aaron Donald not in the game. And uh, our local guy, Jalen Ramsey, some people don't love him off the field, but I'll say uh, absolutely is, I think, the premier lockdown corner in this league. He uh, he, he put his grip on DK Matt Kef, so here they are. They get the right to travel to Green Bay and see what they can do against Aaron Rodgers and folks. Uh, We'll start with you, Rich. Uh, What's your take on this game? What are the big keys, and who
2: who do you think emerges? I think Green Bay will win, but I think it will be close. Green Bay is favored by 6.5, but Aaron Rodgers and that pass rush with the Los Angeles Rams, it could be the difference whether or not Aaron Donald is playing or not. He's listed as questionable, but the matchup I want to see is Devontae Adams going up against Jalen Ramsey. Is Aaron Rodgers going to feel comfortable? If Aaron Rodgers feels comfortable and they can get the running game going with Aaron Jones, I think Green Bay will win this game without any problems. But I think the Rams keep it close. They are playing in Lambeau, and weather is a factor. Plus, the Green Bay Packers are, are have the bye, the only bye in the NFC playoffs, and the Rams just had just a brutal game against the Seahawks. I mean, they had one of those games where... It was a physical, but they were able to control the ball game against Seattle. I just think that the Green Bay wins this one here.
1: I think the Packers will win pretty easily. Just the Rams' offense, <laughs> even with McVay doing all he can, whether it's nine-finger Jared Goff or concussed John Wolford, it's just not that explosive. And Green Bay's defense has improved down the stretch. They're at home field, the cold weather is going to make it harder for these L.A. guys to throw the ball to begin with. But the biggest matchup to me is Leonard Floyd versus. Rick Wagner. We didn't see Green Bay without their superstar left tackle, David Bakhtiari, to end the season. Leonard Floyd has been the running mate to Aaron Donald on the edge. He's getting a lot of cleanup sacks, and he was dominant against the Seahawks last week. And now left tackle and the corresponding shift it takes if Elton Jenkins shifts over from left guard, that's the one weakness on this Packers offensive line, which is the best in football. Can Bakhtiari alone, losing him, is that enough for the Rams' the question, offensive we, front? The best offensive well front football. Oh, we we've got a good one Saturday night, 7.15 football.
0: Central on NBC. Baltimore Ravens travel to Buffalo, take on the Bills. Line for this game, Buffalo is a two-and-a-half-point favorite. Going to be about 38 at kickoff. Both these teams are used to pretty miserable weather, though. Going to be a big
2: one in Orchard Park. I'm calling the upset here. I think that the Baltimore Ravens will go into Orchard Park and upset the Bills. Both teams are playing great. The start of the playoffs, I said that the Buffalo Bills had the best chance to reach the Super Bowl, but the Ravens are playing on a mission. Lamar Jackson is just on fire, and the Ravens' defense is improving. The middle linebacker, Patrick Queen, he had three sacks during the regular season. He's improving as well. They have Marcus Peters. The matchup I'd like to see, Stephon Diggs versus Marcus Peters, the Ravens, there's something about the Baltimore Ravens and playing on the road in the playoffs. And they they just pick up a second gear when they get into the postseason. Head coach John Harbaugh has got them fired up. They used to do this with Joe Flacco. They would win road playoff games. And I think the Ravens will just do it just for the simple fact there's still a lot of emotions with Bills Mafia. The Buffalo Bills winning their first playoff game since 1995. They're hosting a second playoff game. Even though the Bills have a lot of talent, I just feel that the Ravens are just going to feed off of Lamar Jackson as just electrifying plays, and they pull off the upset.
1: I've got two questions. One, which Lamar Jackson shows up? Is it the guy that was a superhero against the Browns a month ago? Or was it the guy we saw last week where, yes, he's – the greatest running quarterback ever but passing wise he didn't really scare you he had his moments but overall i think he had more misses than hits against us the bills are a much better defense at every level coaching talent you name it and then with the ravens their defense is built around physicality stacking the line of scrimmage and blitzing that worked against us because we're a run first team with a banged up offensive line go to the bills one of the worst rushing offenses in the nfl one of the best passing offenses Josh Allen, the best quarterback against the Blitz and pressure this year. How will Wink Martindale adjust to that? Will they continue to Blitz and hope that they get after Josh Allen, even if Allen has proven that he beats them? Can they handle all the speed at wide receiver on the outside? If it turns into a shootout, I think the Bills are going to win against the Ravens just because the passing game is how you win shootouts, and the Bills are just that far ahead. I've got the Bills covering that 2.5 point spread.
0: All right, guys, Sunday, 205 Central on CBS. We like to call it the Tony Romo game. Cleveland Browns, fresh off a, a playoff win last week and, the, boy, the weirdest game of the weekend, easily. Uh, they take care of, of Pittsburgh in the first quarter, really. Uh, they get the right to travel up to Kansas City, take on the 14-2 Chiefs. Uh, it's going to be about 42 degrees and kickoff. KC is a 10-point favorite, a double-digit favorite in the divisional round of the playoffs. Don't see that every day. Uh, Rich, your thoughts on this
2: game? This game will be a lot closer than people expect. Cleveland does run the ball very well with Nick Chubb and Kareem Hunt with that offensive line. They're getting their head coach back. They're getting some players back from the COVID list. I just think Baker Mayfield going up against Patrick Mahomes, Mahomes is going to win that every time. The Chiefs do have the bye, but if you look, the chiefs last seven wins were all one possession games meaning the kansas city chiefs are sleepwalking through this season yes they're the defending champs but they've just seemed to be lackluster no sense of urgency i just think patrick mahomes will get enough done to pull off the victory it's going to be close and i think the browns cover but the kansas city chiefs win to advance to the afc championship game
1: the question for me is with denzel ward hopefully coming back off the COVID list. Can the Browns secondary do enough? They were gifted four interceptions last week from Ben Roethlisberger. Patrick Mahomes, even though he set the record for most dropped interceptions in a season, still avoids takeaways, and that's really just how it was going to come down to. The Browns have the Raiders blueprint. The Raiders were the team that pushed the Chiefs the farthest. They were their one legit loss this year. Can you get turnovers? Get ahead. Just pound the ball with a great offensive line and great running backs. And can you just hold out hope and survive till the very end? The Browns are also getting back star left guard Joel Batonio, who they hardly missed last week against a superior Steelers defensive front compared to the Chiefs. I think that the Browns will cover the 10-point underdog spread, but the Chiefs' passing offense is just too good, and the Browns' passing defense is just not good Bay
0: enough. LeBay to New Orleans, playing the Dome on Fox 540 Central. Uh, New Orleans is a three-point favorite. Uh, They uh, took care of Tampa Bay this year. But watching last weekend, Tom is really – he's really clicking with this talented receiver core. Uh, Looks like Fournette has finally come around to be reliable uh, for them in the running game. And although they can be inconsistent on defense, they seem locked in lately. going to be, I think, the game of the weekend. The Saints have a – a pretty prodigious recent history of losing tight games in really weird ways. Uh, they've been all in for three years now for the Super Bowl. Rich, let's start with you. Uh, how, how do you think this goes down in New Orleans?
2: I'm calling the upset here. I think that Tom Brady and the Tampa Bay Buccaneers go into New Orleans and pull off the upset. This is the third time that Tampa Bay has played the Saints. They got waxed. Both times. One was a humiliating 38 3 loss on Sunday night football. Tom Brady remembers this type of stuff. And I know the Saints were struggling on offense against the Bears. They only put up 21 points. There's just something wrong with the Saints' offense. I do feel the Saints have the best talent in the league. Their defense is incredible, but that's not going to matter when Tom Brady is on fire. Antonio Brown. Is figured out the offense. He's got a weapon. The key is is Mike Evans gonna play? I know he was banged up. Rob Gronkowski has been a great blocking tight end. And plus, with Leonard Fournette, he's now their featured back. They're a- they're able to go to him. And this pass rush by Tampa Bay with Vita Veda and Nadamba can sue. Tampa Bay has a very good defense, a very underrated defense. That's why defensive coordinator Todd Bowles is a head coaching candidate a lot of places, and I think that Tampa Bay finally gets a victory after losing to the Saints twice to advance to the NFC championship game. Tom Brady gets it done.
0: Well, that's going to wrap up Tennessee Titans talk. So I want to thank uh, Richard for being on with us again. Always great talking to you and especially great hearing from you, Rich. Great stuff as always. For Landon and Rich, that's another one in the books. Guys, uh, follow us. Share us out to somebody. Send them a text and tell them to listen to us. And uh, we just appreciate talking with you guys every week. Enjoy these games this weekend. Enjoy this coaching carousel. Until then, tighten up.